Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight... We're talking Rockets Thunder, Rockets fall short to, again tonight to OKC. Final score 101 to 89. Just not enough offense on the Rockets end and too much Lou Dort on the Thunder end. Uh, death by Lou Dort is a familiar feeling among Red Nation, and we felt that feeling again tonight. 34 points for Lou Dort with eight rebounds. And then, you know, just not enough to get the win tonight. Unfortunate, though, um, because we got the win against the Thunder earlier in the year. And, you know, it'd be nice to get a win sometimes. But tonight, they just didn't play enough of a winning game tonight. They just, the shots weren't falling. And it wasn't even the fact that they weren't getting the right shots. I thought that they were doing a decent job getting some shots up, uh, some good shots up at that, um, but the shots got to fall. And I do think that the Rockets uh, got a little bit unlucky tonight in terms of some of those shots just not falling and, and some of um, – and look, OKC also played really good defense. Got to give them credit as well. Uh, but the Rockets only shot 35% from the field and only 28% from the three-point line. You know, OKC is, I believe, the worst – uh, team in terms of defending the three-point line. So I think that's why Silas went a little smaller with his lineups tonight. He went with Garrison Matthews, who made his Rockets debut. He was the first or second guy off the bench. Armani Brooks got some run earlier in the game. And you saw Daniel House start over uh, Daniel Tyson. Obviously, no Kevin Porter tonight, so Eric Gordon started. And look, I think that's also another thing, too. If, if Kevin Porter plays in this game, I think the Rockets have a better chance to win. And we also saw kind of what a game would look like without Kevin Porter running the point guard position. And, you know, it resulted, I think, in fewer turnovers, especially in the second half. Only 14 turnovers for the Rockets tonight. So that uh, league worst average is going to come down a little bit. Um, but I do think that that was maybe part of it. But I also think that Kevin Porter brings more positive than negative to the table. And at least what we know is because we took a variable out of the starting lineup and we were able to do something different, we kind of have an idea as to what the actual, uh, what the root of the problem is. And I think the root of the problem, honestly, is just that this team isn't that good and, and that's okay. And, and, you know, cause you, you do want to look at all options and try to figure out, you know, if this team is bad, well, why is there something we can do to fix it? And, Despite Silas being stubborn about that, I do think that he, um, I do think that he was able to figure that out um, tonight a little bit. And look, I got a lot of people in the in the audience saying they're disagreeing with me. Um, they're saying KPJ is a big negative, uh, is a ball stopping, inefficient score. And I think that you know whether or not KPJ playing tonight is look, he, he's another creator. He's another creator, and I and I think that tonight the Rockets need a little bit more creation, only 89 points, uh, and they could have used a little bit more offense tonight. Kevin Porter is a better offensive option than majority of the players on the roster. So um, I do think that uh, Jalen Green stepped up in his place tonight, and I think we saw one of Jalen's better games tonight, 21 points for him on 6 of 14 shooting. Um, he definitely started off stronger than he finished in the game, but I do think that 
Um, we got a lot of positive tonight from Jalen. And I think if there's anything to take away from this game, that's what it is. Um, and we'll take that, honestly. Uh, any any positives you can get, whether it's a win or a loss, you have to take at this point, especially when you're in a rebuild. And I think that the Rockets are moving closer to figuring out the problems. And that, to me, is is good. Anything that you can get closer to figuring out the solution, the better. And that's it. I know there's going to be a lot of people tonight that are very frustrated with the loss because this is, you know, the Rockets have not lost to every team that they've played this season. But this is the reality of where we're at right now. The Thunder were just the better team tonight. And every night the Rockets are going to play a team that is going to have a good chance to beat them. That That's honestly it. We need teams to uh, to struggle against us in order for us to have a chance to win which makes it really difficult to win. Uh, but that's the nature of the Rockets roster right now. Um, and yeah, that's really, that's really all there is to it. I, I don't really feel like there's much else to add to the situation. It's, it's the same stuff we've been talking in night in, night out. Um, I really do like the fact that the Rock were fighting back into the game, the fourth quarter. I think that is a good sign. Uh, you know, the last couple of games, at halftime, they were down, and then they weren't able to make the adjustments necessary to try to climb back into the game. And today, they did. They, I think they made a, a couple of adjustments, and I think it worked. Uh, you know, they were within six just with a few minutes to go. It wasn't enough. I'm not. There's no moral victories in tonight. Um, it's a loss is a loss. But at the end of the day, I, I'd rather go out swinging than go down sitting. And that's what the Rockets have done the past couple of nights. And I think you can look at those losses and be more frustrated than a team that's fighting on the road um, and even without one of their starters uh, still try their best to get the job done. I, I don't think the Rockets the, – the reason why they lost tonight is not because they didn't try hard enough. And that that's the worst place you can be if, is if you get a team that, that simply just loses because of effort. And I don't think effort was the reason why the Rockets lost tonight. I think they're just in a bad position to – win basketball games because of the roster that they have. But that doesn't mean that they stop trying, which I which I can appreciate as a fan. Um, but I do have some speaker requests here, so I'm going to get to those. Uh, we're going to start off with James here. So, James, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. For sure. So, uh, you know, I don't want to be that guy to just – I mean, first off, Lou freaking Dort, dude. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, no that that is something we we do. Lou Dort has had many. He said, I think the I think I read like a graphic on on the broadcast tonight. It was like this is his fifth straight game with twenty points. So this game didn't exactly come out of nowhere, but at the same time, um, you know, we uh, like letting anyone go off for thirty points is is difficult, especially a guy that isn't really seen as much of a scorer. But I do think that uh, because we know Lou Dort as this defensive-minded player um, that it's it shocks us when he does this. But clearly, he's been given the opportunity to be a creator for the Thunder, given their roster circumstances. And uh, tonight, I think he had a really good night, and the Rockets really didn't have an answer. And that, that is an issue. Um, but at the same time, letting anyone go for 30 is a problem. It's not just letting Lou Dort go for 30. It's just they, they, need a, they needed more... They needed better answers for Lou Dort tonight, and they simply just didn't have it. It just every time like he throws up a three, I just get flashbacks of Game Seven, him dropping thirty on us again. It's just, just horrible. But uh, another well, thing yeah, I wanted I mean, to touch on is, uh, yeah, I don't want to be jumping the guns too soon. You know, Silas is still young, but at the same time, it's like I feel like this squad and this where we're at right now, we don't really necessarily need a players' coach. You know, I want a guy that's not necessarily our, the player's friend, you know? I want a boss type of figure. And mm -hmm. I think Silas would have been perfect for having, you know, the huge personalities with Harden and Westbrook. You know, I think he would have honestly blossomed at that role. But, I mean, right now it's just completely different squad, completely different direction of the franchise. And I just don't know if he's that that gritty coach who can get in these, in these players' faces, you know, and, and bark orders like he should be, you know? The, the, yeah, I, I totally, I totally get that, and I think that whoever the next coach of the Rockets is going to be, because I, I, 
I don't think Silas is going to last long enough to where the Rockets will be really good because I do think that the timeline that Silas has versus the timeline that the Rockets have are are not going to match up. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how most teams operate that that start off as rebuilds and then and then you get to a point where, okay, you realize that this is not it and then you need to make that change. Like, I think a good example of that is like the Knicks, right? Like the Knicks... They went, um, they got David Fisdale, um, and he was like a player's coach, and they realized it wasn't working for them. So they got Mike Miller in the middle of the season, and Mike Miller um, is not a player's coach. He, he was like a disciplinarian kind of guy. And then they got Tom Thibodeau. And you see now, you know, Tom Thibodeau has that team contending because that's the kind of guy that he is. I think most of those guys that, are like, you know, disciplinarian guys. I feel like those coaches are not going to take a job like Houston's right now. They're not going to really take a job where, you know, the team isn't very good. The roster's not very good. You know, I think Silas is a good guy to have because that's, you know, he specializes in development and these players are still in the middle of that development. And when you're looking for uh, player development, I think Silas is a good coach to have. But when you're looking at team development, the the jury's still out on him because at this point Silas hasn't been expected to win yet. You know, he's been given, he's been given the orders to develop the players as best as he can. And I, to me, I think maybe the Rockets have almost too many projects. Maybe that is part of the issue and, and maybe part of why the development isn't as quick with these guys. And maybe that's why the wins and losses have, you know, been where it is um, because there is just oh, so much developing projects that they're working on with with Green and Porter and and Shangoon and even in some regard, you know, KJ Martin. You know, there's just not enough room on the team to, to develop these guys uh, fully, you know. And maybe, you know, in the back half of the season, we'll see more of that because the guy like Eric Gordon will be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guy like Daniel House will probably be gone as well. DJ Augustine probably won't be there. So, you know, Josh Christopher gets – gets more minutes. And I think you're going to see in the second half of the season, more development. And I think with Rockets fans, the reason why we're like kind of impatient with it is because last season we were forced to play all the young guys because everyone was injured and they were just kind of thrown into it. But usually how developing teams operate is you Mm -hmm. play your, your couple veterans and then you ship them at the deadline to try to get as many assets as possible because you need to get as many, tickets at the lottery at the draft you possibly can and that's why that's why dg augustine's there that's why daniel house is there and even though they aren't warranting you know that like enough especially house like like especially house i mean i think starting tonight is not why the rockets lost tonight um i think the reason why he went for that though is because he wanted more spacing he wanted to go for more threes i think that's why you saw garrison matthews go there armani brooks um, got some minutes early on and you know the Rockets just, I think Silas expected more threes to fall you know they they shot under 30 percent and they probably should like they lost by what 12 tonight four more threes go in and it's a totally different ball game and they got some good looks I mean yeah and free throws yeah and turnovers I mean that could be a close game with the flip of a coin you know but another thing I want to see out of Silas is there's going to be a lot of blowouts this year you know I mean that's just going to happen and I want to see Jalen Green run with this second unit, you know? Yeah, wild, wild. He's not he's yeah. young. He's got fresh legs. He's, he doesn't have any miles on his legs yet. He's still trying to get comfortable. Against a second unit, I feel like he could slow down the game, do it, figure out what he wants to do before he does it, you know? I mean, just to see that happen a few times a game, I mean, especially during a blowout when he's just sitting on the bench, it's just he's just not getting enough experience as he should be, I feel like. I, I agree with that. And that, you know, that could probably help his confidence. Cause I, I do think that, you know, adjusting to the NBA is, is he still trying to? And I think maybe if you give him a game like that, you know, he could, he could find uh, more of a rhythm by getting those reps in. And, and, you know, we, even though Jalen green is, you know, the star of our team per se, or he's supposed to be, um, he still is developing and he should be getting those, those uh, garbage time minutes. So I, yeah, I'm and even if they're not meaningful, there. you know, if they're not meaningful minutes, they're still meaningful minutes for There's him. There's meaning you know? for Jalen Green, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, not for, I'd say, meaningful minutes for Eric Gordon or a vet that's already 
bend down in close game situations. But for Green, I mean, why not throw him in? You know, he's not gonna. His legs aren't rusty mm-hmm. yet. Might as well. Yeah, I can buy. I can vibe with that for sure, especially over uh, like Nawaba or uh, Daniel House or, or whoever. I, th- I think I think you can work because at garbage time, you know, lineups don't really mean a thing. You know, you can put just any five guys out there. You can put five guards out there for all I care. Um, but it does get them that experience. And, and you know, maybe maybe Silas sees that garbage time is more of an opportunity for guys like Josh Christopher, uh, Usman Garuba, who went to the G League a couple days ago. So I think that's what he's thinking. But I, I do agree with you. I think Jalen Green could also benefit from minutes like that. Um, is there anything else you got before I, uh, before I got the next speaker up? James? And with the younger guys. No, thanks, course, thanks for having me on. Thank Take you so much. Yeah, I think with with um, with Jalen, I think it's just a matter of time before he starts to get it. I think tonight was good for him. I, I really like if there's like I know Rockets fans are gonna fixate about the loss, and as they should, you know, loss sucked. Um, and it, it sucks to lose night in night out. But as long as we take something positive away from each game, that to me is what makes this season worth it. And I think taking Jalen Green's performance tonight, look, there's a lot of work left to do. There were some shots that he took, and they just didn't look very good. Um, but his shot is getting a little bit better, I think. And I th- I'm i looking forward to seeing what Green does uh, in the next game. But I've got Adam here uh, to come up next. So, Adam, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Uh, doing well. How are you doing today? Um, I'm, you know, terrible because the Rockets lost. But um, other than that, not too bad. Uh, but yeah. anything, anything you got, drop your dream take right now. Yeah. So I want to take a different tact from maybe what other speakers are going to kind of bring up, but I, I really, I really, uh, I think growth was, was the big kind of uh concept that I took out of tonight. It's not growth over what, how well we've seen them play at their best this year, but from last game, there's a lot of perseverance and to come out and actually, be a competent team because they were competent tonight. Um, I think that was positive. Uh, o- Oklahoma City, they're a well-coached team. They're well-disciplined. They have an identity already, even though they're a young team. I think, I mean, there's a reason why they're, what is it, five and eight so far this year. They're they're a capable team. Um, some of the bad tonight, Christian Wood. I think I counted six, six or seven, maybe even a little more gimmies that he missed. And, and, uh, and that's within five feet of the basket. And you might say, well, you know, those were somewhat contested, but he's going up, he's going up against us against uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl guys, six foot seven. He's more athletic than that guy. And, Mm -hmm. and even more so than than, that, that, that I'm even more so disappointed in his performance, just in his attitude it actually brings to mind um, and crystallizes maybe some of the anecdotal stories you heard about why Detroit didn't sign him, why they chose to go with Jeremy Grant. Because he, I don't think he's a leader uh, on this team. The, the leaders of this team are Jay Sean Tate, Eric Gordon, and to a lesser degree, DJ Augustine. But lesser degree because he doesn't get played. He doesn't play as much. And I just – David I mean, his, yeah. his bad attitude, his sulking mm-hmm. – just, I think it permeates through everything. And I think it's, he's one of those players that he's got all the talent in the world, but that his, just his attitude can become a cancer on a team. And um, it's, that's a little worrying to me. Um, yeah. Adam, have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. He, yeah. Christian Wood needs to have the memory of a goldfish. He needs to be a goldfish. And for those that haven't or aren't familiar with Ted Lasso, a goldfish has the memory of uh, a 10-second memory. That's what Ted Lasso says. You need to be a goldfish. And I think that, you know, that could be – that's a message that the whole team could use because I do think that part of why these losses are starting to pile up is because they, they feel the, the sluggishness from the night before or the game before where – it's, you know, oh, we lost again by 30. Let's, you know, like it, the switch is not as quick as it would be for veterans that have, you know, been through losses like that before. It, it, it's growing pains. It, every, every, every team that becomes a contender, or I should say most teams that become a contender, uh, have to go through that. And some are worse than others. I'm not going to say that the Rockets uh, and their what's going on the season is, is totally normal. 
for for all rebuilding teams. It's not, but it's just the reality of the situation right now. And I think with Christian Wood, um, you know, there were a lot of gimmies tonight. And honestly, some of them were just were just unlucky bounces or just, you know, the rim just wasn't friendly to him tonight. But there were some that, you know, he could have made, like that were on him. And I do think that maybe if he wasn't as um, you know, frustrated over that. And and this frustration is is probably building from, you know, the whole season uh, or, you know, all of last season maybe. But it's, it's you know, you, but at the end of the day, no matter what happened the night before, whatever happened the play before, you should be expected to do your job on the next play and you have, to, or the next game. And I think Christian Wood does let that, like let his past like if he if he struggles on a play or if he doesn't get the the unlucky bounce that he should have gotten I do think he lets that get to him a little bit and I see where you're coming from and maybe maybe that is why because there were there were parts of his career like I think when Christian Wood first got here we were all like oh you know how did we only get this guy for 40 million dollars and how did he go undrafted and how did he go uh from team to team like this like it was confusing, but I do think what you what you mentioned, Adam, is is starting to kind of you know maybe make a little bit of sense. And in reality, you know, I think in Detroit he finally yeah. was able to put enough pieces together to where he was able to uh, get in the rotation consistently and to play well. And look, Christian Wood is still the best player on the team. I think uh, at least in terms of uh, like right now, if if I need a guy to go and get me like twenty. I think the guy that can get me 20 points the fastest on this team right now is Christian Wood. And like he plays a very important role and I don't think the team should trade him because I don't, I don't think that really helps the situation um, at at this point, uh, at least for this season. But, but I think that yes, he does need to take it upon himself to, to get better at that. And it's not easy. Like I, I think that if it were easy, you know, Christian Wood, like the Rockets would be a lot better right now. Um, so I don't want to like take that away from him or anything like that, but uh, you know, it's something that he needs to get better on. And it's just, you know, when you lose this many games, it's a matter of, you know, you gotta, you gotta point the finger at yourself. You gotta realize what you did to contribute to loss. And what can I do to help prevent this loss from happening again in the next game? Do you mind if I say something about, uh, coach Silas? Of course. So, so growth, I saw growth in, in uh, Coach Silas tonight as well. I think where there's a lot of, uh, he's in the firing, you know, he's, he's in, uh, he's in, he's in the, in the, in the he's, he's a scapegoat, scapegoat right now, right? But they, mm-hmm. I, I saw, I saw growth by changing the starting lineup. Obviously he, you know, he, he said that he was going to do something like that. I think what, what shows, what will show if he's really kind of, committed to that growth and kind of being flexible with his lineups is next game. If we see Daniel house play 20 minutes again, that'll be a bad sign for me. If, if he, if Daniel house plays seven to 10 minutes at most, then I will, I will be, I, I will, I'll be able to cut coach Silas some more slack. I think yeah. he played, he played 12 minutes tonight, 12 minutes for him tonight. Uh, KJ Martin, 12 minutes as well. Garrison Matthews played 21 and I feel like Garrison Matthews, who's on a two-way deal right now, he would honestly like if you want to make a change to the starting lineup, he would make a lot of sense. You know, he's he's has some NBA mileage on him, but he is on a two-way contract, so they gotta be careful with how they uh utilize him if that's how they, they want to go. But I think you know, he hadn't played with the team before tonight. So, so I don't, I understand why he didn't start him tonight instead of Daniel House. But considering how Daniel House played tonight, like, I think that opening stretch, he had some good defensive, um, you know, he had some good defensive moves. Yeah. And I think, you know, and Silas does value defense in that starting lineup. And I think that's why, um, that's why he went there tonight. And that's why Tice is honestly starting because, um, you know, he saw that, you know, Tice is there for defense. And it allows Wood to be more, um, you know, more focused on the offensive end and doesn't have to worry so much on the defensive end. And I think that's ultimately why he went with House over a guy like Garrison Matthews or uh, K.J. Martin, per se, because he wanted to give he wanted to try something different from the two big lineup, which I think was a step in the right direction, because um, given OKC tonight, you needed more shooters. 
and because they just are a poor three-point defensive team. And the Rockets were able to get some of those open threes, but they just didn't fall in. And I think, I think moving forward, Garrison Matthews is better on the offensive end. So I think he's a better option for that starting lineup. If you're going to, if you're going to, he actually, he actually impressed me on, on, on the defensive end. And yeah, how he competed. Like he some I, think, of those I think that, I think, I mean, this could have easily been a 25, 30 point blowout, but I, I think, I think the, the, the group that Silas kept out there at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, that, you know, where Jalen Green and Christian Wood weren't, weren't on the floor. I mean, there's a reason that they, that they, they, they stayed out there. They were competing on defense. They were kind of chipping away. They were back cutting. They were getting to the basket there. You know, I, I think, I think this is where I push back a little bit on your assertion about um, KPJ. Um us having a better chance to win tonight um, with KPJ. I don't think we need a prototypical or even what you would think um, of as a normal kind of point point guard for an NBA structure. I think, I mean, Jay Sean Tate brought the ball up. I, I liked, you know, there was a lot more ball movement without KPJ. Um, I, I feel like the first quarter, you know, we were down by three, where typically I think the, the trend that we've been seeing is we're down by seven to 10 points. And this is not a team that can make multiple runs at, at, at competent teams. And, and so keeping it close in the first, given, gave them a better chance to actually compete in the second. Obviously, they got outscored by nine um, when their shooting failed because they're just not a really good shooting team. Their, their ceiling offensively is probably 105, you know, scoring one, 105 points per quarter per hundred possessions. But yeah, um, it's, it's just, there's, there's growth. I, you know, and I, and I also was really, I was pleased with what I saw from Jalen Green. Cause if you just looked at the game without actually checking the numbers, you would say this was a below average game, but you know, he shot six for 14, three of nine from three, a lot of positives. And, and one of the, one play that really kind of stood out to me was the tip dunk from Dort, Dort the play, the plays directly subsequent to that most players, you know, his age would have gone, you know, try to go, you know, gone one-on-one with Dort on the, on the other end. He was patient. He, you know, ran the offense. I mean, that was really, that was a, that was, that was a, a, a pleasant surprise for me. Obviously you want him to be aggressive, but you know, I think, I think in a way Jalen Green shows more leadership and poise than Christian Wood does as a 26 year old. And that's something to really, kind of hang your hat on. And, and this season for me is, is just as much about kind of assessing Christian Wood. Obviously you don't want to just trade him for nothing, but you, you know, you want to, the coaching staff has a tough, has a tough uh, battle ahead of them. They, they, they have, they have a tough battle. Everyone is under they have to maintain the value of Tice and Wood and all, all these players and the veterans specifically, mm-hmm. while also kind of developing these young players. And it's a, it's a, it's a tricky, you know, they, they have to thread that needle. And that's, that's not so easy. That's something we got to be cognizant of for this game. Yeah. I think Silas, you know, Silas has a really tough assignment with these rotations because he has to flash some of the veterans to, to help boost their trade value while also developing the other half of the roster. And in some nights you have, and it's really hard to get a good balance of that because on nights like tonight, you know, when you don't have Kevin Porter in, but you need to play DJ Augustine, you need to play, um, you know, he got he got 12 guys involved tonight. 12 guys played tonight. But you look at Alper and Shangun, only five minutes. And KJ Martin, only 12 minutes. So it's it's definitely a struggle tonight. And I hope that the reason why Shangun wasn't playing is because he was either hurt or not feeling well or, or something like that because, you know, it's just considering how well he's played, of course, of the last couple of games, I would hope that, you know, that is like not why, but also at the same time, the game plan tonight was you was centered around putting more shooters on the floor and entice was actually playing pretty well. And I think that he rode the hot hand with Tice and he, because he saw that the Rockets had a chance to win. And I think he was playing for the win tonight. And you know, I think when you're Steven Silas and you have a team like that, when you don't have really an opportunity to win every night, you got to take advantage when you do. And I think he was playing for the win tonight. And I don't think the reason why the team lost tonight was because of Steven Silas. I think it was because of 
uh, just simply execution. And the Thunder were able to execute their game plan a little bit better than the Rockets. And ultimately, you're going to have nights like that. And especially when you're a team that just isn't uh, when you're when you're one in thirteen. That's just that's just the case of tonight. I agree. Uh, one last point. Um, I'm not I'm not pushing for Silas to get fired, but I think looking back on it, I would have really preferred a coach like Kenny Atkinson from the Nets. And you can you, you can see the impact of like Atkinson on the Warriors. He he's basically leading the player development. You know, developing Pool and all these other players, Damian Lee and I. I I I hope I hope I'm I'm wrong, and I hope that maybe you know this is very early on in the process, but um, I hope we can kind of see something like what we saw from kind of the Nets pre KD and Kyrie, where you saw that team basically trying to emulate the you know the Rockets, you know, with Harden and doing it in a in a way with lesser talent, um, with Dinwiddie and um, Levert, and hopefully we can see that type of player development and that type of team development. And I, I hope also I, what's most, what's, what's almost equally as important as the offensive kind of uh, output for Jalen Green is just the continued growth on defense. Cause I, I think there's potential there, you know, move, you know, moving his feet, kind of being able to get, you know, stop giving up those easy kind of, you know, drives by even like giddy getting by him. Those are just like, I can understand it against, you know, um, you know, Gildress Alexander, uh, but, I, I you know you, you can't get been you can't get blown by by Giddy and you know I don't know Giddy's pretty quick too like I think I think that's an underrated part of his game he's just he's gonna I think I underestimated him coming out of the draft just because he wasn't um, he wasn't seen as like I think I think a lot of people were surprised that he went as high as he did I think a lot of people were expecting him to be in the second half of the lottery and I think that's why people are like kind of surprised but look he's been given an opportunity to play in OKC and. And I think that's why he's so grateful that he plays there because, uh, you know, he, he's always like, oh, I'm, I've, I've always wanted to play in OKC. I don't want to play anywhere else. And I think, I think Giddy's really like, I think we also have to just take into consideration that, you know, the Thunder do have talent. Uh, and I think, I think they're, they're developing a little bit differently than the Rockets. I think they're a little bit further along on the Rockets rebuild, but I also think that the way that they're rebuilding it's a longer project for them. I think they're playing more of a longer game. Whereas I think the Rockets, although they might be worse right now, I think they have a better chance to rebuild faster because they have gotten top tier talent and they have, I think they have more pieces in place to contend at this time than the Thunder do. Um, it'll, I'm interested to see how Lou Dort is going to uh, be a part of this team moving forward. I'm curious as to, you know, if he will be able to, uh, you know, figure things out. And also at the same time too, the Thunder, they aren't bottoming out. Like they're not going to, like they're going to need some ping pong balls to go in their way to be that number one. Um, like they're going to get probably, you know, at, at this rate, they're probably going to get like the sixth or seventh pick in the draft yeah. and get another, you know, maybe guy that isn't necessarily going to be a star, but the Rockets, they if they are on the pace that they're on, they might have a better chance to get a star and a guy moving forward on the scene. But Adam, uh, really appreciate the dialogue. Uh, very intelligent basketball conversation, so I appreciate you. And uh, thank you for supporting the show. Of course. Yeah, I think um, when it comes down to it, um, you know, the Rockets tonight, uh, you know, it was just – it's just unlucky, an unlucky bounce. Um, I think they had a chance to win. Um, I don't think they necessarily played better than the Thunder, but they could have uh, played a little bit better. But I was, I'm not disappointed with tonight. But uh, one last speaker request here from Jonathan before we sign off. So, Jonathan, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Hey, hey Jeremy, I'm doing pretty good. Um, Excellent. Yeah, you, you guys kind of like pretty much talk about everything I was going to mention um, in the last little conversation there. But I guess just to kind of reiterate, I guess one of the problems I have, you know, with this team is there's just a lack of physicality outside of Jay Sean Tate and even Jalen Green. Like, I'm really disappointed that, that you know, Christian, when I know we were beating on him earlier in the in the show, but like the fact that he wasn't taking a strong to the rim, that gets really frustrating because like he's trying to avoid contact and in doing so he's missing these 
these bunnies like we were seeing tonight. So I just think he needs to play more physical if this if this offense is going to improve as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I think that was also part of this team is really trying to figure itself out. And at the same time, too, like the bodies that these guys have, like Jalen Green is just at this point in his career, not meant to be a physical specimen. And same goes with Christian Wood. And you you would like to have your your big man, you know, be a little bit more uh, physical. Like, I mean, the thing with um, with Jeremiah Robinson Earl is that he's not necessarily the biggest guy, but he's physical. And that's why he was able to hang there with uh, with Christian Wood tonight. It's just because he's able to be physical and I'm sure he'll have a decent NBA career because he is able to be, you know, that physical presence down low that that every team needs. And. And maybe that's a personnel problem. Maybe it's uh, something that the Rockets just don't have enough of that they they could use. Uh, but also, like, I think Usman Garuba could be that that guy. Um, and maybe Shangun when he develops more, um, you know, as just physically. Uh, you, know, you know, this team is super young, so I think that is part of why this team is just not as physical, just because their bodies don't match up to these other you know, guys that have been in the NBA for years and years and years. And, you know, the Thunder aren't necessarily, um, you know, this old team with a bunch of veterans, but the way they're built, just they are built more physically than the Rockets are. You know, Lou Dort is a physical, you know, defender. Kenrich Williams, you know, another example, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, all these guys, like, so they have more of that identity that the Rockets are lacking right now. And it's because the Thunder are a little bit more further along in this rebuild. And I do think that once the Rockets are able to really start to figure things out, then they're going to build more of an identity. And I think they're trying to build that with Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. And I think you'll see as the games go on that that will take more shape. But yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest problem of anything is this team is still trying to find its identity. Yeah, I guess what kind of bugged me was, I mean, I don't know, I don't even know who the starting center was for the, for the Thunder, but this wasn't, you know, JaVale McGee or Steven Adams from the last two games. I mean, this is Mike Muscala and some Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah, he's a rookie. Um, he's a rookie. He's I think he's like 6'10". Um, he's from Villanova. But uh, he's... Yeah, but no, no Steven Adams, though. Come on. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not Steven Adams. You're right. But uh, at the same time, I think... Um, I think, yeah, it's a lot of these games comes down to um, who wants it more. And I think tonight, I think that was part of it. I I do. I think that the Thunder wanted this game because they they felt like, you know, the last time that they played, it wasn't a good representation of, of what team they were. And I think they played a little bit more of a swagger tonight than the Rockets. And I think the Rockets had that throughout the game, but I think their offensive woes in the first half, um, it really for it really like took them out of the game a little bit. And I think the Thunder just were more locked in throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, I mean I can't think of another team that's that's less physical or or maybe at the same level of physicality as us right now. Cause I mean it's it's almost like we're gonna go up we're gonna go up against a more physical team every night until we figure this out. So and that might be a thing that happens throughout the rest of the season and next season. Um, but I do think that I, I do think that that's how good teams, you know, the, I think that's like, like Thunder are not a good team. Like they're not, but their physicality and just the way like their effort, it, it gets them some wins that they shouldn't necessarily get. So I think maybe those are the kind of pieces the Rockets are missing right now. And there is no quick fix to this. Like, that's the thing is, is like, everyone's talking like, oh, there's a whole lot of Rockets fans right now that are saying, oh, Silas should be fired. Oh, how should be cut? Oh, um, you know, trade Eric Gordon, you know, get Shangun in the starting lineup. And, and I think, you know, maybe getting Shangun in the starting lineup is, is probably the closest option. But like, those quick fixes, like, I don't think any of those things would have changed, like, the outcome of tonight's game or the outcome of many of these games, to be honest with you. I just think the Rockets, as a team, are just not built to win a lot of basketball games right now, and there is no quick fix. 
that's why it's a rebuild. It's it's a long process. That's why the Sixers called it the process because it takes a couple years. And look at where the Sixers are now. And I'm not saying the Rockets are like the Sixers, but if you keep in mind, I, I think the Rockets this year are better than the Sixers' lowest point, which was 2015-2016, sort of 1-30. and And that isn't out of the question for the Rockets right now. We still have about, you know, 17 or so more games to go. I don't think the Rockets are going to be 1-30. and um, But I do think that this does take time. And if you don't have the personnel that are capable of winning these basketball games, it makes it really difficult. And some nights things will go right. Sometimes you may catch a team on a bad night or you might just have a really good night. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just the reality of the situation right now. And there's not really much else we can really do about it. Once we get to the trade deadline and all that, then we can start fixing this team. Then we can really see the full development of these guys where they have 40 games into them. They're not trying to figure each other out anymore. They know who they are. They know how to play with each other. That's when I think you're going to see the true meat of this development and the true progress of this team really come through. Yeah, I agree. I guess the, I mean, patience is the name of the game right now. I guess it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to be patient, but if you don't see the incremental improvements, but I guess, um, yeah, it's just something I guess we got to stay patient with, I guess. That's all I really have to say. Yeah, I mean, look, if if there was a quick fix to the issue, I think it would have been fixed by now. You know you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. you know, I think well, the way we saw tonight, like, I think tonight was important because we were able to, you know, change the variables a little bit. We, we changed the starting lineup. We changed, um, you know, Kevin Porter being in versus out. And we were able to see, you know, what the root of the issue really was. And the turnovers were down tonight. I think that was a, a positive. And maybe that was part of, you know, Kevin Porter not playing. But also at the same time, 14 turnovers, it's it's hard. You know, I think they I think the Thunder had what, like eleven or ten? So they lost that um yeah, ten turnovers for the Thunder versus fourteen for the Rockets. So like not too much. No player had more than, you know, three turnovers. So I wouldn't say that was like the main issue of the game, but you know. I think they, that's still an area of improvement that they can work on. And I don't know if if necessarily Kevin Porter is the root issue of the turnovers, which is and the turnovers are the root issue of the team losing. But I think with this, Silas is an easy scapegoat because because you can it's much easier to fire the coach than fire the players. And at this point, like we need to look at the facts. Like it, we we have problems with the rotation. We have problems with the personnel or we have problems with the coaching. If it's a coaching issue, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think the coaching is an issue right now, personally. I really don't because if you really think that these rotations are going to dramatically change this team, I I don't know what, I I really don't think it would. I, I think maybe you get, a win or two when you lost, maybe that Denver game uh, is different, or maybe one of those Lakers games is different. Maybe you get a win. uh, I don't know, against Detroit. Maybe that's like one of those, some of those games is different. You know, you're still four and 10, four and 11. It doesn't change a whole lot. Um, So uh, that's why I don't really point the finger at Silas. You can also point the finger at the front office. And you can say, well, the front office is, is doesn't have the right players on the floor. And they don't have the right players in the roster. And that's the reality of a rebuild. They drafted four rookies. I don't necessarily know if that was the right move to do. I I like all four rookies. And I think all four rookies have uh, tons of potential and they can all succeed. But it's hard to develop all of those guys at the same time. So maybe I point my finger to there. But if you look at the long-term solution of this team, then that is probably, you know, then, then you excuse it a little bit. And so that's why I'm not really pointing the finger at um, you know, the front office either. And at the end of the day, you look at the players and, you know, they, they have all this potential and that's why they're out there. But, and, and there were some things tonight that, you know, could have gone the Rockets way. You know, I think tonight's loss is on the players. I really do. Uh, you know, make a couple, a couple more threes, you know, maybe turn the ball over a little bit less make some more free throws that those are the, those are to me the more common themes of why this team is losing. And Silas trusts it. 
Silas's the the way that they're going about it is they're letting them learn on their own. They're letting them learn through experience, and that's not going to necessarily lead to a whole lot of wins. But I do think that is a viable way to develop these guys and having them learn from mistakes. I think you learn more from mistakes than you learn from success. Um, so that is the route this team is going and and it's not necessarily resulting in all these wins. And I can understand why people are frustrated with that because people want results. At the end of the day, that's what the NBA is about. The NBA is about results and the Rockets are not giving the correct results right now. But at this point, there really is no quick fix to this. You don't put a bandaid on this team and send it right back out. This is like, this team needs multiple surgeries, multiple surgery and time to recover before they're ready to go out there again and improve. They need a new, a new knee, a new starting point guard. Uh, they're, they're trying to work this one out. They need a new hip. They need a new, uh, they need, they broke their arm. They need a, you know, they need a kidney transplant. They need, they need a whole lot of organs to, you know, be donated because they were in a huge car crash after James Harden left town. So that to me is like, you can't just send a guy out um, with a new leg and expect it to run. They need to walk. They need to learn how to walk again. They need to learn how to jog again. They need to learn how to run again. And then they can start to run competitively again. And then they can start to become a better version of themselves than they were before. Yeah, sorry. I feel like I was totally like stealing your thunder there. No pun intended. uh, So yeah, if you want to go on like a five-minute soliloquy right now, Jonathan, about Um, like, uh, you know, surgeries and all that, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I guess I was going to say that I, I did agree with you in terms of like, it, this isn't totally on Silas because I did see the high quality shot attempts that we were trying to, that we, we were taking and just missing. So, I mean, I, I think he's putting us in good spots to get, you know, good looks. We're just not making them. But the other thing that I think he needs to really focus on again is defense. Cause I mean, I, I get the offense will come with time, but defense is just effort. And I, I hate seeing us be so bad on defense. Like we're giving up open threes to, 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 you know, not just the Thunder, but like every team we play, we give up open threes all the time and they're just so deflating. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, mean, that, I think, yeah, I agree with that. You know, I think tonight, you know, when you give up 101 points, it's, you know, under average for the Rockets. But then again, Thunder are not a great offensive team. I think Lou Dort had four of those threes. They, they made 10 threes as a team tonight. Lou Dort made four of them. And I think the scouting report for that was off. Maybe that's something I can blame the coaches on for tonight. Like, we know Lou Dort can hit open threes. And, yes, you know, his, his three-point percentage, uh, let, me, let me, like, look it up real quick because I think, I think that was a mistake to just uh, uh, let him go and uh, just let him go and just shoot those wide-open threes. You know, maybe that is – maybe that's the issue, uh, uh, is, is letting a bunch of these guys shoot the open threes and maybe relying too much on – um, maybe relying too much on the scouting report, but I mean, looking at the looking at his stats, he's a twenty-eight percent three-point shooter that shot forty percent tonight. So you would expect you would expect him to shoot twenty-eight percent. So he would have made about, I guess, two or three, and he made four. So this is more more of a, more of an, an advanced stat. But what's the percentage on open threes for him? I'm sure it's not twenty-eight. So yeah, I, I wish I could pull that up right away. But um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like, but. I don't see, I guess maybe in terms of just, you know, scouting like that, you know, maybe they rely on that because they all, like, that's just who the Rockets have been. Um, And maybe tonight they just, you know, lost on the law of averages. But also at the same time, the law of averages will come back in favor for the Rockets. I'm I'm sure of it. And if if that's, if they want to live by the three and die by the three, then um, I think that's, you know, that's a strategy the Rockets have adopted for years. And it's, you know, it's controversial because the Rockets have, uh, you know, really died by the three at some points during their uh, last several years. And they've, you know, really lived by it as well. So um, I think that there is a little bit of um, maybe there's a little bit of a flaw in that. But I think the Rockets believe in what they have right now, maybe not necessarily to get wins a whole lot um, throughout the season, but they are still sticking to their guns. And I think I, I can respect the fact that they, they feel confident in the system that they are and feel like they can make adjustments on the fly if they need to. Um, but they are sticking to the vision. 
And the vision right now is not a whole lot of wins now, but that's not the goal. The goal is, you know, for games like these to help grow and hopefully they will help build wins, you know, down the line. Yeah. Um, the last thing I just want to say is that, you know, it pains me to say this, but I really kind of wish we would take more of a Greg Popovich approach to this rebuild and just start on, start with defense, get, develop that culture first and let the offense come later. I mean, honestly, I, I think we're trying too much on offense right now. I think it's just, it's just burdening the players. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel what you're saying. And I think, um, you know, by taking Jalen Green, a scorer as, as their top draft pick, I think they, they wanted to build that identity on offense. And I think that it's, you can't just, you know, throw offense, throw defense all in there at once. It has to come one after the other. And, and, you know, in my opinion, defense is, you know, even though it is a guard oriented league and it is, you know, scoring oriented league defense wins championships at the end of the day. And I think that's where you have to start a rebuild. Um, And that's why the thunder are maybe a little bit further along than the Rockets are because they do focus more on defense than offense. But uh, Jonathan, uh, again, great, uh, great conversation with you tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, sorry if I, if I talked your ear off, I feel like I've done that a lot tonight, but I guess this is a podcast. So uh, you signed up for it when you click play. So uh, thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Thanks, and Aaron, you know, maybe it's because Mike's not here tonight. Maybe that's why I feel like I'm talking too much, but um, I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the dream take and at dream shake SBN. You can also head to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there. If you're on the Facebooks and you can also head to our website at thedreamshake.com, home of all things, Houston Rockets on espionation.com. Uh, you can check us out again, Saturday. We have an early tip off, I believe on Saturday. Uh, I believe we have a, five o'clock start on the east coast so that's 4 p.m houston time so another afternoon game this was the same case two weeks ago in denver um mike will be doing the show uh, after saturday's game so be sure to check it out i believe we'll be back on spotify green room thank you again to our live audience here on spotify green room another great turnout tonight so i think this is just to show you know even the rockets are losing we still have a lot of pride for our team so i'm really uh, happy to have the vibes here happy to have all of you guys listening to it without you guys, you know, we couldn't do what we do here at the dream take. So again, um, if you would ever be so kind, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you don't have to, but if you would like to, it's at Jeremy Brenner, that's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take until next time. Go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.